And there was only one album that we could agree on with all three of us in the house at the same time. And that was Toto 4. the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. My guests today are Terry and Mark from Sweet Thing and the Stumblers, and you guys have to explain that name to everybody. Um, <laughs> so welcome. They were also, everyone just, everyone's going to be listening to this. They were told they had to be funny, so we're going to have expectations. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm turning under the bus. I'm Terry and Mark, why don't you, how did you guys get started with this band? I know there's a bunch of history and I'll shut up now. Oh, do you boy. want to take that? Or do you want well, to you start it? at the beginning and I'll pick it up because okay. I wasn't there at the beginning. Right. Okay, so, well, let's see. Troy, I don't know if you, I, lots of people know who Troy Moss is. He's a guitarist that's played in many bands. And um, I went to high school with him and, and grew up watching the Moss Brothers band. And um, after high school, we got together, got married, and we started writing songs together. And we actually danced to one of the songs that we wrote together for our wedding. It was recorded on a four track. So back then in our little studio house, we recorded our wedding song. And, um, and so he just, I've always, you know, written in the background of his bands and stuff and helped him with lyrics and help stuff. And he one day came up to me and said, so I'm getting that, and this was later on in life, unfortunately, not earlier, not, but we can always start at any time. That's but right. uh, he he said, I'm getting the feeling that maybe you want to be in a band with me. And I was like, well, yeah, you dummy, come on. How many, how many clues do you need? Come on. I laid out some breadcrumbs. Give me a break, right? <laughs> so he said, let's do it. And so, of course, we snagged our really close friends, Bill Suggs, Kevin Dell into it, you know, and we're like sitting there thinking, well, we got, we got four of us now, but let's go watch. You know, we, we happened to watch the twain junkies and we're like, we really like Mark. We really, we really need Mark in our band, you know? And so I'm not quite sure how we got you convinced to join our band, but But I think he just, what we did was we said, hey, why don't you come sit in with us and see how things go? <laughs> I, I got called in for that first studio recording. Okay, there we go. Okay. Troy, Troy called me, so we've been doing studio work. How long, how long has this band been together? Two and a half years. Two and a half years, okay. And so how I heard about you was a bass player out of Seattle, Steve Alamant. Steve Allen shared a video of yours on his Facebook page and it happened to pop up on my wall and I happened to click play and I watched it and I was like, this is really cool. I, I had no expectations, right? I I didn't know what I was about to to hear. And I was really thinking, this is really, really cool. I was really impressed. So I ended up, or dare I say, stumbled across your website (laughs) and um, started checking out other things. And then I reached out to Troy and then one thing led to another. And now, now the three of us are sitting here talking. So how would you, how would you describe the band? If for somebody, cause if I try to do it, no one will ever listen to you. So this is your chance to 
Like, how would you describe the band artistically? You want me to handle that? Well, you can do, you can start it and then I'll finish it. Okay. Okay. You go right ahead. Every musician that's in the band, without exception, has has been second fiddle for really, really good bands for most of our entire working life. Steve Alamut is a perfect example. I lay, Steve calls me up, I lay down steel tracks for Steve. Okay, so that's how, how this goes. When we actually formed the band, we sat down and we had a chat about it. Everybody writes, everybody sings, everybody plays. Even split, no matter what happens. Those were the ground rules. Phil writes a torch song from the 70s, we're going to play it. Kevin writes Celtic jigs, we're going to play them. Everything is fair game. Incredibly eclectic. And all of us have 40 plus years playing. So there's, there's an incredibly diverse background. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a newbie, right, to the whole music thing, right? So had, had you ever been in a band before? Um, well, I was a backup singer for the Moss Brothers at one point. Billy Moss. Okay. I don't know if you know who Billy Moss is, the Moss Brothers band. No. Okay. I, I so they that. were pretty popular in Puyallup, anywho. Um, so I did get a little bit of experience and he tried to put me on the spot a couple of times, but I just about, you know, peed my pants and it was not a good thing. <laughs> I would sweat profusely. And, you know, when it would come up to my one line of singing by myself, you know, so. Um, so, no, I really hadn't. I, fronting a band was a whole different situation. Not that I'm the front person. But I am the female in the band, so I tend to watch me dance around and stuff. Um, and so it was, it was, it was quite an experience. But to play with this level of musicianship is just—I'm in awe every time we're on stage. And the fact that, I mean, I—I I play a little bit of mandolin. It would be nothing that I could ever do with this this group. But um, but to um, actually write music and and lyrically compose it and then bring it to these guys and have them turn it into something just amazing. It's just, it's incredible. I just, it's, and, um, and the, we all get to have that expression here and it's really awesome. And we all really respect each other yeah. and have a great time doing it. And so um, you might think that, think that sweet thing is my, is, is for me, but it really isn't. It's for one band member and we won't name him. That's for people to uh, try and figure out. I am just a stumbler. You're just a stumbler. Okay. I am just a stumbler, which we all do that very well. We do. And we stumble over our chords. We stumble on the stage. We stumble down the the alleyway. You know, everybody stumbles. So we're all so, inclusive. So Terry, if you <laughs> if you used to break out in cold sweat to sing one line, mm-hmm. what's changed that you're comfortable now to front you know to front the band you know i don't know i i guess maturity i guess uh not really not really care you know that i have we have a vision and 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 a message that we want to put out there and and uh and i don't really care i mean i want my people to like it 
And I Mm -hmm. want everybody to enjoy the music. It's important for that to happen, but I need to express myself. And so for me personally, that's how I got over that. And, you know, and plus um, uh, repetitiveness helps a lot. Oh, Lord, we we practice a lot. Well, well rehearsed. Yeah. So and, um, you know, I mean, this last gig. I was just a tad bit, little bit of butterflies, but once we start going, it's all good. So yeah. So. Okay. I mean, cause I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, uh, I don't think I could be a roadie for a band that I don't think I could get on the stage even to, to pull chords around. And, you know. Well, look at what I, you're doing right now. Yeah, but this is, this is, this is easy. We're just having a conversation. I can sit yeah. and talk to people, but yeah. I, the, if, if we're doing this live, and there was three other people in the room. Eh, no, not no, not going to work real well. I did a. Uh, have you ever heard of a, a singer uh, named Christy McWilson? I think so. What kind of music does she? Back play? in the early early eighties, she was in a band called the Dinette Set. Oh, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, and then she was in a band called the Pickets. The Pickets. Is and she bluegrass? Kind of. <laughs> and then she. Um, you've heard of Dave Alvin. Have you heard of Dave Alvin? No. Okay. I live in a hole. <laughs> okay. So Dave Alvin is from from California. Uh, he and his brother back in the late 70s, early 80s were in a band called The Blasters. And then he briefly played um, in the band X out of Los Angeles. Dave is an amazing guitar player. Amazing songwriter. Just really talented uh, performer all the way around. And so... Um. Long story short, he and Christy kind of grew up in the same town. Christy's best friend was dating Dave's brother, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, the, the, the 40 year backstory. Dave has produced a couple of her albums and she's Dave released an album called Dave Alvin and the guilty women. And she performed on that because he, he has another, his other bands called the guilty men. So you get a, okay. and uh, Christy is, she's amazing. She's got an amazing voice and she's really neat. I recorded an episode um, which hasn't gone live yet, but actually recorded at her house. We went to her house and I was not nearly as gregarious as I am right now. And it was just really just, uh, uh, I mean, I'm in a room with people or something. I can't handle it. Um, so we all have our niche, but I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I applaud you for getting up on stage and, you know, doing this. I think it's, that's awesome. And especially cause you're not hiding behind a, a pedal steel or Mark, you get to sit and, uh, um, I got me a sit down job. Yeah, got a sit down job. So, you guys practice a lot. Mm-hmm. What is your vision for the band? What do you guys hope comes from all of this? Oh well, boy! Well, you know we're recording, and um, I think that I mean we have a big opportunity coming up. You know, at the fairgrounds. So yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, it's all who you know you know, really mm-hmm. in this industry, you know, and so Limberlost, I don't know if you know who Limberlost is. I don't. Uh, they're a fairly popular, very popular rock group in our area. Okay. And, uh, well, and internationally. And, and, yeah, Brazil. And they're really oh, popular okay. in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we they record at the same studio that we record at. And we're life, I mean, like high school life, like friends with the drummer. And so okay. it's like, hey, we're doing the third, the Fourth of July celebration. You guys want to, you want to play? And we're like, heck yeah! yeah. 
So uh, we were going to be playing in the parking lot because of COVID, but they moved us in and we're playing the darn grandstand. Now, so you're playing the grandstand at what we call the Piaat Fair, because that's what it's always going to be. That's correct. It is it's always going to be the Piaat <laughs> So I have a question for you. You've been to shows at the Piaat Fair, right? Oh, yeah. Mark, you've been there? Shows? At the Piaat Fair. Yes. So who's who's the who's the best act you've seen play the Piaat Fair? Oh, man. Oh, uh, I actually saw the Black Crows there. Oh, well, let's see. I've seen Heart there. Okay. I've seen um, Bonnie Raitt. Oh, Bonnie Raitt. Oh, okay. I just love Bonnie Raitt. So, what about you? I don't want to be the only one talking here. Come on. I'm going to be going back a few years here. Um, oh, but now the name escapes me. It's right here. Um, that's okay. uh, so, <laughs> I'll think of it in a minute. Okay. Senior moment. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll jump in and tell you mine. Mine. I saw Carlos Santana there. Oh, I love him. And yeah. I had my arm on the soundboard the whole time, so oh, we had great. See, yeah, we had oh. great scene. That was kind of interesting. That was yeah. kind of fun to see. I saw Santana skirt. at the Tacoma Dome a few years back. That was right. A little different that. venue, right? Oh you know? yeah, no kidding. Not as intimate. Yeah. Right. My last show there was Hank Jr. Okay. Yeah. It's a great little place. And it it's not is. little, but it's a, it's a great venue. I always think it's fun. Well, I'm they're allowing 5,000 people to be in there instead of 10. So it's half okay. the seating. But that's okay. I That'll mean, be great. it'll yeah. be amazing. So so when is this now? Because The 3rd of July. The 3rd of July. Okay. Yeah. And this is the 4th of July celebration at the yes, Pelt Fairgrounds. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to have fireworks afterwards. The band start at 3 o'clock. Okay. 3 to 10. 3 to 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a whole lineup of Northwest bands. Is the fair going to be open? They're going to have... Um, the vendors, there's going to be vendors, vendors, and they're going to have uh, the food trucks, beer garden food trucks yes. and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah. all the essentials. Oh, the farmers market's going to run simultaneously there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So as far as the fair and the rides and that stuff, not yeah. as far as we know. Yeah, they're not going to okay. have rides. No, that's okay. I mean, yeah. Let, let's be honest. The rides are yeah. anticlimactic, if you will. <laughs> well, they're for kids. Right. I can't write them anymore. They make me sick. <laughs> I, I'd like to go back uh, to your question. It was about okay. where the band's going. Yes. Where's and, the, yes. Thank you. Cause I warned you. Well, maybe I didn't warn you, Mark, but I think I warned you guys that, you know, these are, we tend to go off track. I tend to drag the yeah, conversation no, into the weeds. No worries. Oh, let's, let's pitch it back. So what, where's the band going? Well, you know, that's a really good question. We don't know yet. And okay. we're so eclectic. We're not bluegrass. Really, we've got mm-hmm. bluegrass inst- instrumentation. We go into the pool of Americana music, and it's it's a little tough to place this band. Um, mm-hmm. But we've never been turned away a second time. Um, I guess you cap you capture an audience with the what the heck are they going to play next routine? Okay. Because we're, we're so varied, so we don't know. Some some things are sticking, but we're up. How many views we got on Facebook now, and it's never even been released on uh, Paradise? Oh gosh, like fourteen thousand likes. Okay. Fort the views, fourteen thousand views. So that's, I mean, that's as far as it was released. And it was just so it, on Facebook. Those are right, Facebook actually, views. 
not. Yes. Funny you say that because you have that on your website and I was listening to it before I stepped away, before I came back to record. Great sound. So what's the story with that song? Because you you kind of, on the website, you kind of mentioned about a campsite. Yeah. Um, So we own a cabin up at Mount Rainier and it's just a place that we go and like are able to just like relax, chill out. Yeah. There's a, there's a literal campsite there. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's a great place to kick your shoes off, and, you know, maybe a bra too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so that's where you guys do a lot of you like to do a lot of writing there. Is that kind of Well, we not only write there, that cabin is magic for recording. Our last oh, really? video, I believe, we recorded there, and oh, we're we are continuing to record our record. videos yeah. there, our our, our, our sound, our audio audience. there, because the acoustics are better than what we're getting in the studio. Really? Yeah. That's is, cool. Have Have you personally viewed the the song? I believe. I believe I have. Um, that was. But it was that, that was, was a, a while one, ago. Yeah, that was a one take recorded live in the cabin. We played really? our instruments. We sang the song. It was mixed down. Very cool. And that's it. Okay. That's. Yeah. So that's 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 also okay. the beauty of the band is that they're so talented that we don't have to take take after take after take. So I mean, if we do a song, we're usually done in half a day. Really, which is pretty good, you know. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. That's that's, that's, wow. That's that's amazing, actually. Yeah. Where have you got? So, one one of the questions I like to ask musicians, and 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 Terry, you haven't sang in, you you know, you've just sang in this band, if you will, and with the Moss Brothers. So you can, you may not answer this. (laughs) So two part, two part question, two part question. As a musician, where's the best venue in Washington State that you've ever played at? That was like a really cool venue. You know, That's question, okay. question number one. Question number two. As a musician, and Terry, in this case, you're a singer, so we're where's the what's the best venue you've seen performances at? I'll so both with, ways. I'll start with number two. Question number okay. two. Where I'd like to play. Because I like to play Austin City Limits. Okay, but well, that's not Washington State, so that's yeah, dead to me. Uh, Texas is dead to me, Mark. But that would be a great venue. Don't get me wrong. That would be a great, great thing. But in Washington. So where's like a cool place that you've played? Like, like I'll give you some answers other people have said. They've said like the triple door. They both both as a performer and as a as a as a guest. Um the Gorge came up with somebody, which, you know, okay. Jeez, I'd like to play White River. That'd be fun. White River Amphitheater. Okay. All right. How about you, Terry? Where Where do you think would be a fun venue to play? For our group? I think the yeah. Triple Door would be awesome because it it's very yeah. intimate and, you know, people aren't talking during your, during your sets. You know, I mean, they get to eat dinner, but they don't chat. They pay attention. That is Jazz mm-hmm. Alley. You know, okay. that Jazz Alley is Ooh, really yeah. intimate, too. Great. You know, it would you be know, good it's funny. Nobody audience. has said Jazz Alley yet. That's a great venue, and nobody said that yet. Okay. So how about where's the where's a venue that you've seen, like, that you thought was a great venue to see music at and hear music? 
Oh, boy. Well, I mean, definitely the big places like the Gorge is really cool. And um, what other venues? Well, we used to love Luigi's, but they're closed okay. now. They're closed down. So that's mm-hmm. really sad. And then, but we do like Jazz Bones too. Yeah, right. And um, Jazz right. Bones is awesome and they support local talent. So that's really a great place to hear people. Place that I used to uh, play at and go listen to music you would know was uh, the ranch out of Ellensburg. I I played the room. I went and listened to bands there, and it had that seedy roadhouse. Oh, my God. You're making my liver hurt. My liver hurts. (laughs) Yes. Well, but the ranch was great in its heyday, and you, you know, you're you're of the age that you would have remembered that. That place. was such a fun venue. Oh, yeah. such a fun venue. That was such a shame when it burned down. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was oh chic, seedy. Oh, it was a great room. I, I don't know if I'd go chic. I, I, it was seedy. <laughs> it was seedy. Um, <laughs> it was seedy, but there was something about this. It was a giant Quonset hut with a really. I think somebody told me it was the largest wooden dance floor in the state. Wow. It was, it was, it was a floating floor and it had no insulation in it. So you'd either be freezing to death or sweating to death. It was a miserable. I don't know how any, I don't know how any guitar player kept their guitar in tune in that building. I just don't know. I didn't care either. To be honest with you. Um, Who did you see at the ranch? Um, Oh, jeez. A lot of Seattle bands came through during the day. In fact, I saw Wansley play there with one of the groups that he was involved in back in his college days. That would probably Um, have been Boys Will Be Boys. Boys Will Be Boys. That would have been... Mm -hmm. uh, He probably was opening up for the Range Hoods. Bingo. The Range Hoods. I remember them come through. And I'm trying to think of this funk band that had the horn sections. And for the life of me, I can't that came through from Seattle. Oh, then they were just killer. That's interesting. I missed that. Um, I see. Who did I see there? I, the, probably the most nationally known act for, for one song. He had one hit, but uh, Tommy Two-Tone. Um, yeah. Which that stupid song, you know, the minute you can't get that out of your head. Um, <laughs> but um, so Pat Boyle played there. Right. In the Blue Baboons. Right. They came over from Tacoma. That was kind of, that was quite entertaining. Um, that, that was, t- Terry, did you ever see the Blue Baboons? I did. I saw them in Tacoma I, and, uh, um, University Place, UP stuff. At the year. Huntsman? That, or there was another place that was, that they used to play, um, that a lot of bands came through. They used to play at the ship. I used to see them at the shipwreck. So the shipwreck was one. Yeah. 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 yeah that was, I, yeah, the, that was, um, you know, the interesting times of life. Interesting. Those were yeah, fun, fun, time. fun days. Yeah. Fun days. Right. I think for uh, me, oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, speaking of Pat Boyle, uh, my hats off to Pat Boyle and the Twain Junkies. Because that is the group that really launched my play. If, okay. you, if you know Pat, if you've ever seen him play, he, he will absolutely bury you with his guitar playing if you do not stand your ground. Okay. And and he was a guy that taught me on pedal steel to stand up for myself and carve out my niche on stage. 
And I owe okay. him a huge credit, debt of gratitude for just being a butt and just, you know, just. <laughs> you okay? Pushed, Sorry. I didn't you. mute myself there. He pushed um, you a little bit, right? Oh, he pushed. Yeah, big yeah. time. Well, sometimes we need to be pushed. I know that Troy pushes me. He, I mean, he's, he's an incredibly powerful guitar player. Um, yes. Yeah. Have 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 either of you? I haven't been there yet. Have either of you seen or gone to the the Elks Lodge in Tacoma? Now that's McMinimans. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't been there yet, so I haven't seen the renovation. From a music standpoint, does that look like does that look like a promising room to play? It does. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That would be a good place to play. Actually, yeah. we need to get in there. We can get in there. Sure. So. Mark, the one place that you played with the Twang Junkies, not to not to hijack this episode and talk about the Twang Junkies, but but the one sure. place, the one place I never understood how anybody could play there comfortably is the spar. Because oh, you get man. like you get like 10 square feet to set yeah. up an entire band. Yeah. I don't know. It's you know, it's an it's fun place, but you're you're like shoved in the corner. Shoved in the corner, that's it. And we just do it. And I got to tell you, every time we've played that room, it's been packed clear out to the door. Every time. I mean, they're they're way over the the recommended capacity of that room when when we've played it. It's been insane. Just wait till you see where we're playing at tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> no it can't it can't be it can't be that small oh, honey. no the stage is really, really? tiny yeah. yeah but we make it work because you know we just do that well you terry you've been to you've been to the spa right uh-huh. you've seen bands. Yeah. yeah yeah you know yeah i mean it's very intimate if you're like you sit right up in their guitar <laughs> right or um the valley the valley, oh, yeah. Yeah. The valley. played the valley a number of times that's you know and depending on how close you get to the stage there too um, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we've lost a couple of venues that are were good, you know, for for bands. But we're going to come back, I think. You know. Well, I I, I heard I saw something. Um, the the Swiss is shut down. Now, right, the Swiss. Is- yeah, the Swiss shut down. But I saw something online, so it must be true. It looks like Jazzbones is starting to fire back yeah. up again, and, yeah. and they're having something on in June or something like that. So it looks like yeah, maybe they're going that. Okay. It's okay. a songwriters oh, right, yes. event. Songwriters right. event. Yeah, Jessica Lynn, Ray Hayden, and uh, and then uh, who else? Scott is. It? I can't remember. Another yeah, guy. So the usual suspects, Troy, if you will. Troy too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. The Jazz Bones is opening back up again. It's very yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, see, we hijacked this. Now let's go back to the band. So, you all are writing songs. Yes. And it literally is a democracy. So if you bring a song, the band's going to play it. It can't be that. that So what happens is you bring a song in and then the band stumbleizes it is what we call it. Stumbleizes it. Yeah. We stumbleize each other's songs. So you might bring a song in and it gets moved around a bit, but then it turns into this fabulous production after everybody's done with it. So yeah, it's truly just a, a, beautiful collaboration and you know really i mean i've heard all these stories and horror stories about being in bands and all these ego and stuff and really uh, these guys they i mean we all just want each other to do well and just enjoy ourselves you know 
I mean, if we're not having fun, we're not doing it. Period. We're not okay. having fun. We're not doing it. And it that's is, the general yeah, philosophy. Yeah, it's know? not that it, it's not that every song makes it. Don't get that idea. Yes. Okay. Some of them just don't have legs, and they just don't go. Yeah, and they just fizzle out. They just fizzle. Okay. And, and there's no there's no hard feelings. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. No, but most of the time, real you know, real quick like story: the, the song "Gypsy Dance." Okay. Yeah. I so, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So Troy and I, we walked upstairs and we heard this this like pedal steel thing going on. And I'm like, oh my god, what is that? He's writing something. And like we're up there, and I'm like, we need to do something with that. And we're like, Mark, what are you doing? And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, this is my exercise. I exercise. This is my what I do. Every, I'm like, no, that is a song. We are going to write a song around that. And so that's what we did. Yeah. It, it was a very rapid Mozartian minuet. It just blazed along in three, four time, and we slowed it down and moved it to four, four time. And Terry wrote lyrics for it, and off we went. So I, I always find the the creative process amazing and baffling at the same time. Yeah. I don't have that skill set. <laughs> I don't have it at all. And so I always admire anyone who's creative who can hear something and go, okay, we have to do something with this. Uh, and then take and be collaborative and add add instruments and add lyrics to to what you were working on, Mark, or whatever whatever the process yeah. is. I just yeah, it's Mark. I'd like to ask you how did you get started? How did you get started playing pedal steel? Because I mean, it's not an uncommon instrument, but it's certainly not you know not run of the mill. No, it's not run of the mill. Um. I didn't get to the pedal steel until I was in my 40s. Okay. I have a music degree, play piano, play a fairly decent guitar. And okay. I just decided I was going to try to tackle the instrument. I had had one in a box, a student model, for probably 10 years. Okay. Um, had an acquaintance got it set up for me. Uh, so that the pedals and levers worked correctly because I was clueless. And I basically sat in a bedroom every evening instead of watching TV and headphones on, listened to cassette tapes mm -hmm. of bands and just started learning. So who did you take inspiration from? Who were you listening to when you first started learning pedal steel? Uh, the steel guitar player that I really lean my hat on is a cat named um, oh, the Dixie Chicks' uh, father. Um, help me out here. Do you want me to Google it? I don't know. Um, I want to say Lloyd Green, but that's that's not right. Um, anyway, it was it was the steel guitar player Natalie Maines. So his name was Lloyd Maines. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Lloyd Maines. Uh, was kind of the one I first studied, and I don't know if you remember the Dixie Chicks when their first couple of albums mm -hmm. came up. He was the pedal steel player, Natalie Maine's father, and it was everything you needed and nothing you didn't. He just, okay. he just had 
He had just had those fills down, and I studied him for years. And it's a tough instrument. I mean, I, I was like five years just so I didn't sound like a cat being molested, you know? It was just horrible. Sort of like learning how to play the violin. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> So I've I've got questions about the instrument. It, it it I know nothing about it. Okay, I mean, so these are probably questions that you guys are going to look at each other and go, "Why is he asking these things?" Well, but I don't know. There's- how easy? I mean, you just said something about somebody came over and they set it up for you so that it worked properly, right? But when you take it to a a show, how how do you transport something like that? And and how do you set it up on a on a stage? Well, it's. It's kind of like origami. It just kind of unfolds and, and you know, you got your legs on it. They're all integral and you have to put pieces together and the, and the rods and whatnot hooked to the feet and everything's numbered. It has to okay. go together in a specific way. And then you set it up on the stage and you tune it and then you wait a while and then you tune it again and you adjust it because it doesn't take kindly to being in a car. Okay. Uh, they kind of get rattled around. It's an incredibly complicated mechanism. Because it'll tear you to show up and have a microphone. I mean, I, I'm oversimplifying, but your your tool is the microphone in your voice. It oh, you got it easy compared to yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's yeah, pretty no. easy to to. I'm I'm, I'm kidding, but yeah, I mean, so you're sitting there and you're re- reconfiguring this thing each time you play a show. Let's see if I can. I'll make a, a really quick. So you, you you've got pedals and knee levers. Okay, so you got pedals and knee levers. The the pedals change the pitch on certain okay. strings. Uh, it's a belt. There's a a lever, a rod, a bell crank. It goes down to the tuner that sits on my right hand. And the tuner allegedly has 500 some odd parts in it for 10 strings. And they go out of adjustment. So every time it rattles around, you're in there with the fine adjuster to make it go up or down to pitch. And the okay. knee levers do the same thing. Wow. You can sit on, on, on one fret marker and play like 20 some different chords wow. with, with the, the pedals and the knee levers. So it's all getting that in your brain um, as you walk through the inversions going from, yes, up the neck. I could not do that. For those of you, she's she's, she's patting her head and rubbing her stomach at the same time, which, you know. And chewing gum. And chewing gum, yeah, no. Don't try to walk. Walking, you'll fall down. I have a degree in music theory and composition, and if I was sitting on my pedal steel today, I – if you asked me to play an A flat, I'd have to think about it for a minute. Really? So it, for me, that instrument is all music theory driven. Interesting. Um, and I understand a lot of steel players uh, look at it that way. They don't know specific notes, but they know the music theory and chord structure. And don't get me wrong, I can play scales and, and play most of the modes just right off the bat. That That's not an issue. Yeah, because it's not, I mean, and, and now even more more clear to me, it's it's not a 
you don't see a lot of bands with a pedal steel. It, and now I'm understanding a little bit better why a setting it up and moving it around is more fragile than I thought it might be. And then now you're, now you're dropping music theory on me and my head hurts. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah. One of the interesting things is, is you don't find many pedal steel players that that's the only instrument they play. Okay. Um, a lot of pedal steel players don't get to that instrument until later on in life. And they've got, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years of experience behind them. And then they can tackle it and, and, and do an efficient job of it. And, and that's mostly true. All of the pedal steel players I know are like killer guitar players. Right. Okay. It's so Terry- just kind of an interesting aside. I don't know. No, it's, it- it's fascinating actually it's a, it's a cool instrument i love the sound that it Super you know cool. when it that it adds you know to to music but so terry you mentioned you played mandolin mandolin a little bit yeah do you play anything else besides mandolin just i do some percussion in the band but that's about it i mean okay. i picked up a guitar and strummed a little bit but i haven't really delved into that because when we decided to be in the band i took i I really went into vocal lessons with Joshua Ott and, and really dove into that. And um, that was going to be my instrument. So, and um, yes, I, I love to play the mando. Though. We have a sweet little 103 year old mandolin that I get to strum on. So, doesn't, isn't that like violating workers' laws? Somebody 103 have to yeah. go to work? I mean, I thought, you know, I, I thought at 99 they got to retire. Probably. Okay, so. <laughs> So you're bringing out a 103-year-old mandolin. It's beautiful, though. The sound is so beautiful. It's a, it's called The Gibson. It's not a Gibson. It's The Gibson. So not from the Gibson it Guitar is, Company. Yeah. But not, it's, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's called The Gibson at the top of the neck. The top of the head. The Gibson. <clears throat> okay. So explain for me. How did a man, how did we get to a mandolin as far as an instrument for what, what is it? I have little hands and it mm-hmm. has a little neck. Okay. And so it's easy for me to form the chords. Right. If you put me on so, a guitar, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you have to learn how to do all this. And right. I just don't have the time to spread my fingers that far and try and learn something. So a mandolin it's just very it's only got four well it's got it's got um 12 strings right? no eight so it's got eight strings but they're the two strings are strung really close together and so you it's really easy to manipulate those into chords and so general songs like the weight by you know mm-hmm. and things like that willing stuff like that mm-hmm. i can do pretty easy so it was so just something historical- i could do for for fam jam sorry so from a from a historical standpoint did the guitar come before the mandolin or was the mandolin to the not it even me, related that for me because well, um my husband has so many guitars mm-hmm. and when he got a mandolin i was like ooh. Well, I, I, I think, think I can answer, manipulate that. To answer your question, it's in the lute family. I think the guitar, the guitar. Yeah, I think that the guitars were probably developed a little bit later than the mandolins or the mandocellos. Okay. There's mandocello? 
bigger. It sounds like a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it should be. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. We need to do a cocktail. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of the loots, um, historically, 16th, 17th century, were, were double coursed like, like the mandolin. So you had two, okay. two strings played at, at once and the kind of oval backs. And um, okay. it's we. It's a very to, old instrument. Yeah. So we do fam jams. So we started uh, just jamming. And before we mm-hmm. even got into a band, we were like just jamming. And so I need an instrument to jam with. And so um, that was one that I could manipulate and jam with. And um, our um, mandolin player now and also, you know, tenor guitar player and guitar player, player and bass, bass player, player. Um, Kevin Dale, he, him and his wife and Troy and I used to sit around and play all the time, just jam. And then okay. Wintergrass was a big influence for us. I don't know if you've ever been to Wintergrass. I've never got to go. It is. If you get to go, please. It's a hoot. Because it's like, it's so awesome. And if you go, you will be up in our room jamming or, or listening. We'll give you something to jam I'm, with. Trust me, I'm not allowed to touch music. I'm left-handed also. You can shake Yeah, probably. I could that. But I'm left-handed, which screws up everything for everybody, too. So... Since I only have two members of the band here and you guys are, why don't we, why don't you tell the, the, our listeners more about the other members of the band? Let's, let's give them a voice for a little bit. And yeah. this is where you can make things up if you want. No one will fact check it, but you know, if you, uh, perfect, <laughs> but well, tell us about the other members of the band. Okay. So do you want to go? You go Sure. Ahead. I'll go. Okay. You tell, uh, you tell one and I'll tell another. You tell one of the nicest guys you ever meet on planet Earth, Phil Suggs, is our bass player. Uh, he's playing upright bass with us. He has been in countless bands over the decades as an on-call studio guy. Writes, sings, does everything. Uh, switches off in, in the show between guitar and upright bass and it's like, the old bull hop out of the Volkswagen at the stoplight routine, you know, instruments are being passed back and forth. So Phil holds down the bottom end of this operation and just does a stellar job. So then we have Kevin, which I already briefly mentioned and Kevin, um, actually uh, I've known him since high school and he played bass in high school and, uh, but in this band, he um, basically plays mainly mandolin, and he does do some, some tenor, tenor guitar, guitar, and then he will play regular acoustic. But he actually, when Troy moved up from Alabama, he taught Troy how to play bass. And so they have a really deep connection from back when they were like 14 years old, you know in different bands in high school and whatnot. And so um, Troy has always like admired Kevin's bass skills. And so, um, and then Troy. Don't, yeah. Kevin is a killer mandolin player. Yeah. He is so good. He's the one that goes, he does that kind of stuff. You'll see it tomorrow if you come. But, um, and then Troy, you want to describe Troy? Troy's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. Troy's a big guy. Uh, Troy does all of the. Troy does the, the bulk of the guitar work. He does. In in this setting, it's primarily rhythm and 
interspersed with solos here and there. But the trick is, is just being tasteful. And he is so tasteful in his playing, leaving space for other people. You know, you turn your head and say, Troy, I'm out of ideas, you take it. He's right there and, and will just run with whatever we're doing. He's just an accomplished musician, just, just pro. And I have to tell, I have to add this because Troy in this band, he's, he has been in the front of the stage. He has been the lead guitar player. He has been on point, right? And in this band, he's like, Terry, I'm just going to, I don't care if I sing very much. I'm laying back. It's about you guys. I want you guys to have this opportunity. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a he's consummate professional. And wonderful. He adds just as much as we do with his songwriting and brings things to the band. And his voice is phenomenal. So when he does get up there and sing, everybody's like, oh, give us more of joy, yeah. you know, because they don't hear him very much. And I think he's sort of got a ploy going on there. Actually. Mm. <laughs> now you're thinking about it. Mm. I'm starting to think about that. I remember in high school, his brothers never let him sing. And I was in the and in the audience, and every time he would be able to sing one song, I was like, oh, he sounds so good. I wish they'd let him sing more. That's what he's doing. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. There you go. <laughs> so when you guys aren't playing music, loved always house people, what do you do for fun and entertainment around Washington? Besides go up to your cabin near, near Mount Rainier. Okay. And I saw I saw Troy. Did he climb? Was it Hood he climbed? Yeah. Most yeah. recently. I mean, that's Oregon, so we don't care. But did yeah. he did he summit? Yeah. Hood? Yeah, yeah. We tried to summit uh St. Helens two weeks before, but it was like a blizzard. It was like being on it was an Everest. We had to turn around. But okay. we did get Did you guys do a lot far. of hiking? Huh? Do you do a lot of hiking? Yeah, we do. Troy and I do. Okay. It's great okay. exercise and it's fun. It's nice to be out in the wilderness. Yeah. How about you, Mark? What do you do when you're not practicing and playing? Well, I'm sadly still working, so that eats well, up a yeah. portion of my time. You know, a couple more years. Um, what do you do? I've, I've been it's... an avid motorcyclist. I've been all over North America. I, I oh, wow. love my bike dearly. And yeah, I get out by myself or with a spouse and down the so, for some reason, and I, I didn't know that you rode a bike at all, but for some reason, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you what your bike is. And I'm going to guess it's not, there's going to be something unusual about it. I just have this hunch. <laughs> so what do you ride? I have a uh, Honda ST Sport Touring. Uh, do they come in like red? They came in red and black. I have a black one. I think a former coworker of mine had a red one. And very unusual. The fact that I can pull that out of my yeah. brain is pretty pretty surprising. Yeah, VV4 longitudinal. Okay. Right, Shaft, and it's an asphalt eating machine. All right. All right. So are either of you coffee fans? Because uh -huh. that's important good to me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so where where's a good place to go get a cup of coffee in your parts of the world? At Anthem. Okay. Yeah. Have you been to Anthem? I've been to Anthem. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. Anthem is good. Um, where else? 
Bash up here on well, he's in Fox. Yeah, Island, so, I don't know. You know I, my kitchen well, is a good place to go. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to come up for coffee anytime. I uh, yeah, I always ask everybody for coffee. It's uh, it's kind of my yeah. my weakness, if you will. Uh, Cutters um, in Gig Harbor, Cutters Point is, okay, is, yeah, is a good joint. Yeah, yeah, I like their coffee. Okay. And you know, and I feel sorry that you live in Fox Island. I just got to say, yeah. it's it's, I, it's terrible. It's terrible you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had to chase a deer off the porch today. Aww. This afternoon, okay. left left the gate open. Deer on the porch. Uh, so at our, our house, we're we're up in a well, not up. We're at the base of the canyon here. Okay, and there's a deer preserve up the hill. Aww. So during winter, it's not uncommon for us to have three dozen deer in our backyard. Right. Oh, that's I mean, it's just like, they're like, I mean, they come, to, they come. So my, so we have a daylight rambler, you know, and so the lower level where my mom lives, they come to the, the sliding glass door mm-hmm. and stand there until she feeds them. Uh-huh. I mean, they literally are like, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're pets. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. weird. The fact that you have them this late, though, is a little surprising. Because ours are gone. I mean, they've they've. Oh no, these these are residents. Yeah. And we've got the in fact the deer that was on the porch today is a doe that is so pregnant. Oh. Uh, oh. We expect to see the fawn any any day now, and they'll probably just have it in the yard. Right. Well, that's kind of cool that though. Is cool. So God, she's big. Where can people find more about the band? Where let's drive them someplace that they can go and listen to you. Where can they find your music? Where can they find about where you're playing? Go ahead and tell us all of that. I really feel that the best resource is Facebook at this point. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's really where we all sort of congregate. Um, and uh, we do have a website, but it hasn't been kept up to date, which I am going to get my, my little website taker care of. Uh, hasn't been doing it so i'm well it's a beautiful i will say this it's a beautiful website thank you thank you no it looks great so if you wouldn't have said it wasn't taken care of i don't think anybody would have yeah we just need to get the the updates for where we're playing our shows at on there right that's that's the biggest thing but yeah facebook Facebook is the best place to to check us out Mm -hmm. and how about is any of your music available like on spotify or pandora this is all going to be taken care of this year. We have so much recorded and mixed and ready to be mastered. COVID just okay. goofed everything up. It just really kind right. of knocked the legs out from under us. Um, so I expect to see all of those platforms this year. Um, what have we got? Seven, eight recorded oh, no. and mastered yeah, already? Eight. Recorded and mastered, so we need. We're going to get a CD out too, uh, which okay. you know not everybody wants a CD anymore. But you know, if you're if you have a radio show like we were in Walla Walla, and the radio gal from Whitman who runs the radio station over there said, "Hey, do you have a CD?" And we're like, "No." <laughs> so, but we need to do that. We need to get some metal and uh, you know get our stuff out on Spotify too. So, and especially before the third of July. So we have we're we're tasking ourselves to get this taken care of. We recorded like crazy this past year. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff in the can. Yeah. Where else will you guys be performing? I mean, are you starting to book shows out? I mean, 
I hate to say COVID. I mean, it's just so we're all so tired of saying that word, but you know, we're all starting to get out a little bit. We're pushing the rocks away from the front of our caves and we're journeying out a little bit fearfully, but are you starting to book shows for summer? Well, um, we have a contract, um, with the, 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 third of july yeah the third of july so we really can't talk about any shows until okay. we do that we have okay. cockerels tomorrow which is within right. our timeline of being okay to do that but okay. um since we do have that contract we can't talk about it but yes we are we are booking shows okay cool yep. well i will make sure when we do the show notes we'll put the links down there to the to your facebook is the facebook page public yeah, yeah. okay well so, sometimes people hide them you know we never no, know we want um, it but, to be public Okay. And we'll shut. So I will, is there anything else that I, what didn't I ask you that you want to talk about? Oh gosh. Well, um, let's see. Our genre of music is called gypsy grass. How about that? So that's what we're going to call it. Gypsy grass. So, so why are you calling it gypsy grass? Because it's sort of gypsy. Um, You're channeling Stevie Nicks. Yeah, a little bit Stevie Nicks, you know, and then, um, the grass, the instrumentation, the instrumentation okay. and it's in, a little bit indie too. Indie, I guess we should probably do. Well, we just like gypsy grass. I just think. Okay, just so it's, a, it's a catchy title. Grass. I like that. Yeah. How about you, Mark? Did, did what didn't we ask you that you want to get oh, out? Gracious. I know you're on the spot. I'm on the spot. Um, I think we covered most everything that I was expecting, and. Okay. So we'll we'll keep it up to the the listeners' um, imagination as to to who, when they go and they look at the videos, they can guess who Sweet Thing is. And then maybe That's if we have another show with Kevin and Troy, maybe they can talk to you guys about that. Yeah, yeah that'd be that'd be fun. That would be um, <laughs> entertaining. So well, thank you both for making time oh, to do this. I, I, thank you. I, I, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I, I'm finding it fascinating how everybody's circles are overlapping, and we know people from, you know, you, Mark. You bring up the ranch. I mean, that's that was. Um, yeah, we, I could do. Well, I could do a whole show on the ranch. Talk to another central alum. Yeah. Well, I didn't graduate. My freshman year was the best six years of my life. Uh, yeah. um, that's I, okay. I. Were you down in Bardo, if I may ask? No, I was not. I lived when I was in the dorms. I was up in Alfred Montgomery, Al Monte, oh, up near yeah. Student Village. And then, as soon as I could get off campus, I moved off campus. The fact that you think I might have been at Bardo those does hurt deeply. <laughs> that you think I might have been one of those guys. Um, at least you didn't say Beck. I, you know, that would have been oh, even yeah. worse. But, um, but I will tell you. So you were there in 1980, right? Uh, I believe I started in. Let's see. So yeah been fall of 80 and i had a long and storied career there it took me a long time to get through i the first time so a band out of seattle late 70s early 80s that was quite well known the heats right i saw them on bardo lawn oh no kidding they they played the first time i ever saw them was they played on they played on bardo lawn and uh yeah it's about my only fond memory of that building. <laughs> the rest of my memories are are not particularly um, yeah, they're, they're, pleasant. There were a few music types that inhabited Bardo. 
I was in the building a few times. Yeah. Right. You know, Mike, Mike was living in Sioux Lombard. That's when, when I met Mike, he was down at Sioux Lombard. So anyway, enough, enough of central reminiscing. We we could do a, we should, that'd be kind of fun is to get a bunch of, a bunch of people on the podcast from central. Yeah. for you guys that would be lots of fun for you guys yeah there's a whole bunch of yeah there are it's funny so um you know anyway both thank you appreciate it thank you and i look forward to chatting with you soon yeah we we, we will and uh there's going to be a pizza wood-fired pizza truck there for food tomorrow y'all are interested in that okay yeah i'm uh that'll be fun i look forward to that yeah Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.